Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, hey, come catch this wave with the fix squad. The fix is in. I'm Mr. Soul. I'm tuning in. What you doing? Got him. Real hip hop revealed that a fix. Pure, you can feel it in the mix. Finally, stop pushing the culture forward. This is it. Proceed at your own risk. Got him. Beats, balls, and life. Giving them truth in it. Screaming revolution with only a few minutes. My sentiments is acting. Everything that we do cut. Another reason to turn the volume up. Sheesh. Know what we stand doing. Solid ground when we land. Say it's no use. The culture was out of hand. But now that I reach, we gotta stick to the plan. Dark days with the sunshine. Any good news, I'm proof that it's living. Yeah. Revolving the art to shock. Go with it. Keeping the beats on the block. Don't miss it. Welcome to the city. Stand up. James left, but the king still reigns here. No tears, no love lost, no rain here. Delivers, I promise, Santa rain here. Love, love for the city still resides here. Fix for your ailment, faith that resides outside the lines. Detox your mind, cause it matters. Art, art outside the box, we paint better. The fix is in, and we rock a channel. We rock with them for what's deep within. Expose those who talk but don't live. Expose those who talk but don't live. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they speak, so tell me whose face do they see? Repeat. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they seek, so tell me whose face do they seek? Yes, sir. You're now tuned into The Fix, your source for faith-infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry. Right here on Sirius XM, Channel 154, Holy Culture Radio. It's your boy, DJ Focus, checking in. Hey, and it's your girl, Dice Gamble, checking in on this Wisdom Wednesday. It's time to wake up. It is time to wake up, wake up, wake up with us. Another blessed day. We on hump day, Dice. Let's go. It's almost over. Weekend's almost here. We're halfway there. Halfway there. It's an old song from a TV show, but yeah, it's Wednesday. What TV show was that from? I've never heard that before. Oh, uh, come on now. Half, oh, that, halfway there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I got to remember. I got to remember. I got to yeah, remember. Keep, keep I, going. I, I'm going to tell I you have, about it. I have no idea what <laughs> what song that is. Dice is singing early in the morning for y'all. But you, know, let, you know, you have heard that song before. No, I haven't. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I must have missed that sitcom. We didn't have we didn't have cable growing up, Dice, so I might have missed some of it. didn't have cable either. Either. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with that one at all. It's Big think- Time Rush. Big Time Rush? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the Big Time Rush theme song. But anyway, go ahead. I'm not familiar with that show at all. Who played in that? I mean, what was who was the lead character? Actor, oh, gosh. It's like it's like a band, but go ahead. It's like a boy group band. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, Nickelodeon. We, it's Nickelodeon. I know. Just that, let it go. That, Don't even say nothing else. School. I already know where you was going. <laughs> That's that private school, and that's what that is. That's that private school, and you were I never was you were exposed. You were exposed to stuff. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh my goodness! Once again, you're tuned into the fix, and of course, our mission is to expose the culture to positive but relevant music that keeps Jesus Christ at the center of the message. And listen, let's be very clear: this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And um, listen, I, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Once you accept Jesus into your life, you are free. What great news is it that our lives are free and uh, troubles uh, can't last always. 
Uh, we need to continue to be careful um, not to drift back into bondage. Many of us fall uh, trapped to pride, putting uh, too much emphasis on being a good ruler, uh, follower, or uh, an individual that's aside from Christ is never a, a good place to be in. Listen, remember, we're saved by grace and uh, continue to trust the process that God will continue to remove every chain from you today. And uh, definitely read Galatians 5 and 1. Just want to give you some word this morning. It's uh, it's the middle of the week, so we want to make sure you get through this week. So prayerfully, uh, that, that encourage you. Continue to take your prayer life to a new level each and every day. Continue to trust God. Trust the process. Build a relationship with him. I promise you, you will never, never, ever, ever, ever have to worry about a relationship uh, like the one you're going to have with Christ. So I promise you, that one will never leave you, never fail you. And uh, yeah, he, he he's not fickle. That's, I, I love that about our Lord. He ain't fickle like us. He ain't in his feelings every day like us sometimes and everything else to go in it with it. <laughs> so, yeah, I pray that uh, blesses your life. Listen, we got a fun pack show for him again today, Dice. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Uh, this real talk conversation, I think it's going to be different for him today. They might not be ready for this one. We talking uh, faith in sports and a little faith in sports history. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go uh, back and uh, talk about, you know, old ancient Roman times when, you know, historic, when they used to fight in the arenas you, you brought up uh 300 and the gladiators mm-hmm. uh, i think it was last week you were talking about it a little bit so i said you know what let's go back let's talk and about look at that and see why the church uh kind of you know might frown upon uh sports a little bit or just the competition in sports and a lot of egos and everything that goes into it so let's talk about it you know both sides <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's good y'all better stay tuned our spiritual detox is going to feature uh, our brother Cross. He is the founder of the Man Up Club. He's also the founder of the Godflow Hip Hop and Hope Festival, which is going down next month. He's also a super talented artist, songwriter, uh, executive producer, and executive uh, entertainment exec too as well. So you want to keep it locked for that. And uh, he is the father of Sis and Little Bro too as well. So uh, keep it locked for that spiritual detox. Listen, we got a, a lot of music we got to play for them, Dice. I promise you, there's so many bangers that's been dropping. So yeah. listen, just turn your radios up. Wake up, wake up. Let's get into this music. We'll be right back. Keep it locked. You're tuned into The Fix. And The Fix is in. New videos, music, articles, devos, and more. Stay connected. Get the app now so you don't miss a thing. Visit holyculture.net. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. Welcome back. DJ Focus. You tune back into The Fix, your source for faith-infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry right here on Sirius XM Channel 154, Holy Culture Radio. And it's time for our spiritual detox. And uh, listen, we in for a treat today. Um, every now and then, you come across, uh, you know, uh, somebody super talented that does multiple things. So uh, listen, this uh, this man I got on the line right now, man, he's a vet in the game. Let's be very clear. Um, I love a lot of things he's doing. One, he speaks to man empowerment, encouraging man. Um, he actually has, uh, he's the founder of the Man Up Club. Um, and he's also the founder of the Guy Flow Hip Hop and uh, Hope Festival. And he's also a super talented artist too as well. So listen, without further ado, let me welcome in my brother, Cross. What's going on, bro? What's up, man? It's a pleasure to be here on your show. How are you? 
man, I'm good. I'm good. Like I say, man, um, I, I don't take that. Um, I don't say them things just to say them. I, I've been watching you move for a while. You've been a mover and shaker in the industry for a while. You and your wife, y'all, y'all got good names. Uh, yeah, everybody <laughs> knows. Everybody knows who y'all are. So I don't know if you know it or not, but believe me, we watching your your whole household, brother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? We just try to keep our head down, man, and stay on the grind. Yeah, yeah, y'all grinding, grinding. Forgive me, producer too as well. I got to give him his producing bag too as well because he do that too as well. We got a lot to talk about, man, a little time. Let's get to it. First, share a little bit of your faith journey with the people. You know, how you develop your own personal relationship with Christ. Man, for me, I grew up, you know, um, around a a God, I guess a a gospel family, um, you know, in the South. My grandmother had like 16 kids, man, and they used to all sing gospel music. Um, you know, we would have these little talent shows around the crib, man, with all them people, um, you know, and I really wasn't a, a singer. And so obviously the, 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 the family was a faith-based family. And so, you know, I would just rap. And so that's how I ended up starting doing gospel rap, um, you know, like way back in the day. Um, but then, you know, I grew up, man, I went to college, played football, uh, division one football and, you know, went to school. And, and then even after school, though, I still get out of them streets in California, man, and got to hustling and doing all kind of crazy things. And believe it or not, bro, I was in a strip club <laughs> when God really called me and when I really had the true relationship with God. Like I was I was in the club. I was tipping uh, the girls and the Lord just spoke to me, man. He was like, are you happy? I mean, you know, when God speaks, he speaks clear, he, he speaks quick and it's precise, but it cuts. And so, um, you know, when I just responded to that, the answer was no, I'm not. And so when I said no, man, it was, you know, tears just kind of started to roll, man, because I recognized that I wasn't living in my, living in my, out my purpose. Um, and so from there, man, I just uh, decided that, you know, I would get on the grind and it was a simple conversation and short and sweet. It was just like, hey, everything that you're doing in the gangster rap scene and out here on the streets, you need to be focusing and in, in building up the kingdom of God. And so from there, man, that's how my true journey started. And that's when I started my uh, my Christian hip hop label, which is uh, One Way Entertainment and and then just start grinding on the on that side for myself. You know, that's amazing. I appreciate you sharing that story, too, as well. Uh, the, the listeners, uh, they know when they come here, that's one thing. They'll get some authentic. So you, when you talk about submitting to God, like, that, that's that's powerful. Speak a little bit more to it because I think uh, the listeners need to hear. I, I, I feel you. You're in the strip club. God, can you know, kind of gave you that conviction or gave you that revelation. I got more for you to do, son. But you submitted to it. Because it's yeah, one yeah. thing, I, I would argue a lot of people get revelation, but they don't submit to it. What what made you say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to do what God called me to do. Well, for me, it was, like I said, it was a heart check. You know, you got to analyze yourself. When God calls you, it's about self-introspection and and, and, and and analyzing yourself and kind of search, like the scriptures say, search yourself over. And so that's what I did. And I found out, you know, that really I wasn't living in my purpose, man. And so I... Um, went to my i had a studio in california man i got in my studio i got on my knees and i was just like god if you're real i want you to fill me with your holy spirit and that was a personal thing that was just me and him one-on-one wasn't that no altar wasn't that no church um and he done it man and and keep it 100 with you man i think i probably passed out for about 10 15 minutes man just slaying it what they call slaying in the spirit if we're talking you know yes. spiritual language but uh, uh when i came to man i was just like okay I'm, I'm made new. I'm, I'm different. And so I left all my stuff in California, man, and moved back to Minnesota. And then uh, God put me on lockdown for about a year. And when I, when I say lockdown, I'm talking about, 
you know, I, I didn't go out. I didn't go outside a lot. Um, you know, I was I was full off the word, you know, being a new Christian and, you know, getting getting fed and having a lot of zeal, man. And so for me, I just wanted to eat the word. And so I stayed in the house for about a year and I did that. Um, and I, I didn't go to clubs. I didn't even listen to hip hop music, as a matter of fact, um, and just studied scripture, man, and just kind of got deep in my word and had some uh, spiritual advisors or what have you that spoke into my life. And then um, as I was getting, and that's, that's really what the true discipleship is. And so as I was getting discipled, man, I, um, God just spoke to me. He was like, yo, it's time. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? He's like, it's time to, you know, take the mantle. And, you know, at the, obviously at that time, you know, um, you know, Christian hip hop wasn't really that popular, you know? And so you had, you had to bear two crosses. You had to, you had to really be the person not you couldn't just come up in churches and rap in churches you had to educate pastors and clergy on why number one why is not the devil's music out of all people uh, but then at the same time you had to you know you had to be able to be articulate in the streets so they could understand like okay well why you ain't in church with, with your message <laughs> so you know it's, it's a balancing act and so i've done that for many years man and until you know i really got the confidence and the calling that god was having on my life um to truly walk it out without having having any affirmations or pats on the back and just being knowing just knowing that you're called um to what exactly it is that you're called to because it takes a lot to walk out of calling especially if you don't have people that are there encouraging you and it's a different kind of walk no that's real so so speak about that encouragement how did your family perceive you i don't know were you married at the time did you have kids like how did your family perceive you know perceive you when you said you know what i gotta move i gotta transition what was their first thoughts well the people that i was hustling with family some of my family and, and so naturally they they weren't happy about it because that meant less money um you know they meant a different lifestyle and so you know i had to have some hardships there and had to you know, break away from, you know, a few family members, man. And it was a little different, um, you know, because they were super close. You feel me? Uh, but because we were going in the same direction, we felt like we was close. But you really only know how close you are to a person when you start moving in a different direction. Uh, so, it, so it was that that perspective. But then at that time, I was not married. Um, but my girlfriend, who's my wife now, she was holding me down while I was in that life. And part of that transformation was, you know, when God called me, he let, He allowed me to see some things a little bit more clearer. Um, and one of them, you know, was, you know, my relationship. And so, you know, I asked my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, um, to marry me. Um, and thank God that she did. Um, and she'd been riding with me from, from day one. And, um, you know, we've been married for uh, 21 years now and so you know so yeah it, it was different i mean you know some family accepted it and then and then some different some didn't but the ones who did man those were the ones who was there for me and obviously you know you you understand that you know your, your family is your first ministry so i started to focus on my wife and my kids when it came to the gospel um and you know fast forward to today there's a lot of things going on as far as family because as you mentioned you know, my wife is very supportive. She's Grammy nominated for spoken word. But then uh, all of my kids, they're they're all into uh, they're all, you know, prolific Christian hip hop artists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, speak about your kids a little bit. I, I think I know who they are, but speak about your kids a little bit and what they're doing, too, as well. And then how did you impact some of their decisions with even getting into music? 
Yeah, it's interesting because my oldest son, uh, KJ, which is a, which is who a lot of people know, because I started him out when he was about 11 years old, and he rocked with me for about 10 years, and I took him all around the country and what have you. So KJ was the first one and, and uh, to make music with me and kind of pick up the gift and take it and, and, and run with it. And so he'd done that at such an early age, uh, and he'd done it for about 10 years. And then, you know, at 21, he started going into, you know, a different career field and what have you. Uh, which is fine, you know, and that, and that, and that's respectable, um, you know. And so he, he had his run, and and he may not be done yet because uh, me and him just uh, connected uh, here recently. But then his younger brother and sister, uh, which is Titus and Selena, they both are prolific hip hop artists uh, and have careers in their own right, um, you know. And Titus, Titus had never really wanted to get into it, man, because he was more of an engineer behind the scenes, and he engineered for KJ, and he engineered for me. Um, and so he learned that technical aspect, uh, uh, you know, of the ministry and the business. And uh, Selena came into it as a female artist and she just came out of the blue. Uh, nobody saw it coming. And she was just like, yo, dad, I want to do what you do. I want to rap, you know, for the Lord. I want to impact my generation. And so we put her through the fire because obviously we didn't just want her doing it just because we was doing it. Um, and it wasn't a lot of females that, that was in it. Uh, but But she proved to be called to it. Um, and so both of them were, uh, and then Titus later on decided that he wanted to actually step to the forefront and start doing music. So they made albums, man. Like, so Selena probably has three or four albums in her own right. Titus has three or four albums in his own right. But then beyond that, they decided to come together as brother and sister. Um, and technically they are the first, uh, hip hop duo, uh, that's brother and sister, which is when they're known as sis and Lil bro. Um, and now they're really, you know, they're moving and shaking and God is elevating them and they're doing their thing. And right now they're they're touring. They've just been featured in um, the number one um, hit BET series TV show Kingdom Business. And so they just they grinding, man. Yeah, absolutely. Shouts out to uh, Sis and Lil Bro. I've interviewed with them too as well. I knew that. I just wanted you to share with them. Listeners, sure. uh, listen, uh, uh, the, listen, men are still having the impact on their kids. That's why I wanted you to share that because absolutely. we hear so much in the black culture that men are not in the household, men not around their kids. And now, nah, listen, you the perfect example outside of me because I'm always, they always hear me saying it. So I wanted to hear, let somebody else say it for a change. <laughs> that's what's up. I mean, that's important, man. I mean, you know, fathers do have a major impact on their kids and I mean, you know, we do what we got to do as men and, and support them. Absolutely. Listen, DJ Focus, you tune into The Fix right here on Sirius XM, Channel 154, Holy Culture Radio. We got to go to a quick break. Don't touch that dial. We coming right back with more from Cross. Keep it locked. You tune into The Fix. You know The Fix is in. Welcome back. Welcome back, DJ Focus. You tune back into The Fix right here on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. Listen, I still got the super talented, uh, the exec, uh, the man himself, uh, Cross on the line with us. So, Cross, talk about it. Um, you know, as you transition your life, as you start to work doing music, what made you start the record label? Like, what did, did you see you as an artist first and built on that and said, okay, it's a need for a record label? Or did you always want to be that record label exec too as well? No, I, I can't say I had that foresight to be a record label exec. But what I will tell you is I was kind of like every young cat out there, man, that just wanted to be a superstar and a famous rapper. Um, and, and so that for me, that's what I did. I focused on the artistry aspect of it. And any artist out there knows, man, that, you know, once you really get into this thing, it, it's way bigger than the music because you definitely have to have a strong business acumen or you have to be connected to the business world. And so for me, it was trial and error. As an artist, I would you know, go to all of these different uh, conferences and concerts around the country and tours and 
pay different fees and I just kind of, you know, through trial and error and just kind of being told no, man, I think I'm probably one of the most people who've been told no when it comes to building a Christian hip hop brand, man. But at the end of the day, I took all of those no's, man, and just made them uh, lessons. And for me, I always knew that I was relentless and resilient. And so I, it, through trial and error, man, I learned the, the business of music um, and I stuck with it and I have longevity. I've been doing this for 20 years. And so... For me, I wanted to be able to give the culture what I didn't have, uh, which was a roadmap and to be a trailblazer and to be able to open and knock down some doors, man, so that these artists wouldn't have such a hard time um, and they can really focus on their artistry. And so for me, that's how I got into the executive aspect of it um, and uh, opening, you know, One Way Entertainment, which is my record label. And we branded out on, on a couple of different platforms to be able to do that, man, because as you mentioned earlier, I started a nonprofit uh, which was the Man Up Club, which is a mentor leadership organization for African-American kids aged 13 to 23. Um, and then on top of that, we launched four years ago, we launched the National Christian Hip Hop Festival called God Flow. You know, so that, you know, the, the business aspect is just kind of part of my DNA. No, that's good. And, and I appreciate you, you know, taking people up under your wing and like really mentoring and showing um, people how to do the business i think that's where we've been behind we, we've caught up now and, and to your point when you said uh you think you've been told the most no's i don't know i might can have a, a conversation <laughs> off air with you I'll my bet. first three years of doing radio i've been doing it for eight years now coming up on yeah, eight years now so my first three years i would argue i i, I promise you the the big names in christian hip-hop and gospel they wouldn't even give me the time of day. They wouldn't even call me back, send an email back or anything. So I had to continue to stay consistent, keep grinding, keep grinding. And I finally got that big. And then everybody calls me now. But I'm just saying, like, no, I, I've been there, brother, where you had them seasons where he's like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm bringing you on my platform. I'm highlighting you. Oh, my, I, forgive me. I am a DJ. I am breaking your record every single day getting money in your pocket and you can't even give me an interview and we say we kingdom right i was struggling with that i'm be honest with you i, right. I can see if it was worldly but if we could we call ourselves followers of jesus christ i have a, a different standard to me now i ain't actually for no money well <laughs> That's you, don't different. you don't stand alone in that i mean you're 100 right and you're 100 accurate and sometimes i mean i think that as leaders in the body men you know we have to turn around now and just start teaching character because mm -hmm. yeah, that's absolutely. what it boils down to yeah, absolutely. So listen, talk about it uh, before we get into this festival. Talk about the project. You just dropped a project a few months back. Um, talk about the inspiration behind it and, and why why this project now? Well, for me, man, I actually dropped two of them. One of them was called um, uh, the Gospel According to Soul, which was more okay. of a soul record. Uh, just because I was getting older, I'm like, man, I, want, I still got a message. I still got music in me. And so I wanted to just reach out to a different demographic because obviously I wasn't trying to, you know, appeal to the teens or what have you. And so I ended up dropping that project, which is more of like a gospel soul record. If you think of more your Otis Reddings, your Al Green, Curtis Mayfield, if those cats did gospel. So that album's out there. But here recently, I just done a new album a couple of months ago called Cross My Heart. Yeah. And uh, the reason I came back and done that album, man, is because I definitely had uh, some more to say. Um, and as I was listening to the to the new culture, man, I'm, I'm not hearing a lot of a lot of God and a lot of gospel in the music. I'm hearing what's hip and what's, you know, what's really nice and what's current and what's trend and and maybe dropping God's name a couple of times. But as far as substance, I wasn't hearing it. Um, and then considering the fact that, like I said, first, your, your family's your first ministry. I wanted to be able to to pass down something to my kids of substance. 
it's one thing, it's like I tell them, man, it's one thing to live a life to be successful. And you can do that as an artist, but it's another thing to live a life of significance. And significance to me is when you can leave a legacy uh, or impact people when you're not, when you're not around. And so for me, that's why I've done the, the new album, man, because I wanted to be able to leave my kids a legacy, um, you know, and I wanted them to have some substance that, uh, you know, of what, you, and it's about being the best, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it is about being thorough and being intentful in uh, when it comes to uh, spreading the gospel. And so we don't want to compromise on that, man. So I just wanted to be able to tap into it. Uh, while they were doing it so I could show them some practical things in a practical way when it comes to making kingdom music. So I'm glad you brought that up. And, and this is a conversation we constantly have on the show when you talk about, you know, some of the vets or old school within CHH compared to the new up and coming. Do you think it's a lack of disconnect between, you know, vets like yourself and some of the new where, because I feel like it needs to be some type of discipleship. I think some of the young don't know how to put the scriptures or say God more or, you know, within their music because, the, the, you know, a lot of them probably are not studying on the level that we study on, just being fair. So they don't even know how to articulate that in that, but they are in the culture. They know what's going on with the latest trends and what people like about church and what they dislike about church. So do you think it's a, a disconnect or a, 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 a medium where we can meet to where they, they need to be discipled more or is it just you just think it is what it is? Yeah, I think it is a disconnect, but I think it's from a dual perspective, man, because I, I think I think the responsibility lies on both sides of the table. Um, I think it's incumbent upon us to be able to pass down that information and knowledge, the, you know, those bumps and bruises that we got in, in that discipleship of actually studying the word um, to show yourself approved. I think that we need to do a, a better job as older guys to be able to pass that down. But at the same time, you know, there's a responsibility that, you know, these young these young artists have to really to get, get that knowledge and soak up that information. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and really be able from that standpoint. But then the other side of that is, you know, when we came along, it was very important for us to have a covering and to be connected with a church, which is where we would get some of that discipleship. And so, you know, I don't know how many of these guys are really, you know, in, in church and, and really disciplined and, 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 and operating in humility where they can learn, you know, from a pastor or what have you. But even if they're not getting it from their direct pastor, this is the first generation now where they can get it from Christian hip hop artists who have come before them uh, who speak the same language. Um, so I just think it's I think it's a shared responsibility. I think we got to do more conferences. I think we got to have people who are at the forefront. Uh, of this movement to be speaking from that perspective too, who have an influential voice. No, that's good. Listen, before we get uh, to the festival, talk about, you know, working on kingdom business, uh, you know, you know, which is with your kids and everything that went into that. Uh, Cause you know, bring us up to date with what, what you did with the film, what your kids did with the film and just to as well, what was your outlook when you saw the, the finished product? Yeah, absolutely. So Kingdom Businessman came through, you know, a long term relationship that I have with some friends in uh, the L.A. market who are heavy into the, the film and television market. And and it's just a matter of my kids standing on my shoulders, man, is basically what it is, because, you know, these relationships you have, you cultivate them over a decade or two. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, and when people see your consistency, they, you know, they know they want to work with you because you, you're going to be around tomorrow. Um, and so for me, that that's what it was. I'm always looking for opportunities just from a business standpoint um, to elevate the gospel. And obviously, I want to be 
a person who invests and pour into my kids because number one, they've been faithful, but number two, they've made great decisions. Um, and so I want to I want to reward that. I don't want to just throw opportunities to them just just for the sake of throwing opportunities to them, uh, because there's a, a responsibility that comes with that. And so I was able to leverage some relationships, man, in Hollywood. But, um, you know, I was one of the um, um, producers for music on all of the Preacher of L.A. series and Detroit and Atlanta and what have you through okay. those relationships. And then they just grew uh, from that. And so there is an opportunity for me to uh, get Sisson LeBro connected to Kingdom Business. And so they've done a feature um, and they, they appeared on the show as themselves, which is super dope. Yes. Um, and they're being introduced as, yeah, yeah. you know, that Christian hip hop group. Um, so we're excited to see that that's coming out in October um, on on BET. And man, when I, I just saw the uh, finished product like last week and I was really blown away, man. It was like it was one of those moments where you can actually truly exhale for a minute. You know how it is. You work and you work and you work. Yes. But you really don't necessarily get to see the true impact, the fruits of your labor. And so when I got to see the final cut of the BET show, it was just one of those moments, brief moments where I could just pause, take a deep breath and be like, OK, God, he really got us. And he's like, you know, he's really showing us that he appreciates what we're doing. That's good. So listen, talk to the God Flow Festival. Uh, let's be very clear. I, I, what I love about you, uh, I can tell you are looking to bridge that gap. I think we've been divided too long. No, no, it's okay. That, that's what the fix is about. So listen, oh, we, we we connect perfectly because they call us the black sheep. We don't care. We we yeah, we 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 not too far uh gone to the left or the right. We right in the middle. Um I've been watching you for a while. Like I say, I, I think I the first time I noticed the God uh flow festival, you brought TI out to talk to the young band. Speak to the importance of that. I know you brought Cedric the Entertainer out too as well. We know this year you got Black China. So speak to that a little bit about bridging that gap, building these relationships. Because I think to your point, you brought this up. Uh, you said it with Christian hip hop artists, but I think it's also with mainstream artists. How can we hold them accountable to a standard that they don't know if they're not being discipled? So how do we get them to a disciple place if we don't build relationships and connect somehow? Because people, people, you know, always talking, but build a relationship and let God be God. So speak to that, what you've been doing for, what, four or five years now. Come on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think that, uh, well, <clears throat> first of all, it's just a matter of not forgetting where you came from. <laughs> For me, I came from the streets. <laughs> you feel me? I was I was out in the culture and, and what people fail to realize or they get amnesia about in the kingdom of God is like the process. You know, it, I got baptized. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, but it was a process for me to, you know, really get in the kingdom and operate in the kingdom. I mean, that was that, that took a while. And I still and God still ain't finished working on me. I still got issues and this, that and the other. And I still, you know, I got friends in the kingdom, but I also got friends on the other side. And so the thing is, if if you had to just thrown me away because I was in transition, then I never would even, you know, been in the kingdom the way I am and even having any impact at all. And so for me, man, you know, I, like I said, I like to bridge. You, you spoke it well. I like to bridge the gap. And that's why I brought T.I. Because, you know, people all, all, all of a sudden assume or, or they automatically assume that because we bring these secular artists that we're that we're always wanting the secular artists to co-sign and stamp what we're doing in the kingdom as if it gives us some sort of street credibility or validity. But at the same time. God is God and the kingdom is the kingdom. And you never know how what you're doing in the kingdom is going to impact that other person who maybe may not be in the kingdom. 
And if they do get it impacted, then they have a platform where they can go out and spread the gospel much quicker and much, much faster. You know, we can't get caught up on the platforms in which God has given us influence. But if we have the influence from a kingdom perspective, then we utilize it. I have relationships, you know, with T.I. I have relationships with such as the entertainer and I have a relationship, you know, with people uh, who are connected uh, to black China. And certainly so for me and I'm but I am intentional. Um, about a mission that God has given me that I don't expect for everybody to understand and they don't have to understand it, but as long as I understand it. And what that perspective is in a nutshell is that we, you know, number one, we have to expand the Christian hip hop platform. And that's what I'm called to is to expand that platform. At the same time, I'm also called to sharing the gospel outside of the four walls of the church, into the streets, into the culture, into the community. But at the same time, I'm also called to have the gospel impact the secular market and to also give people who are in the secular realm an opportunity to have a voice within the kingdom, because that's where they can get their footprint. Um, you know, so when T.I. come or said come or Black China come man, you know, we, we're supposed to be able to feed them as well. And so, you know, for me, that's what it's about. And at the end of the day, I am not trying to attract people who are already saved. My goal is to reach people who are unsaved. And so they know these people uh, who are considered, quote, secular artists. But OK. And when I was saved, I, I still listen to secular artists. And when I was unsaved, I listened to them. So it's not like they don't have nothing good to say. And you don't know who God can use to bring his word, man. And at the end of the day, these are the people that the majority culture is familiar with. And if they're willing and have an open heart to want to share the gospel, who, who am I or who is anybody to say who God can use or who he can't use? The mic has been dropped. I, I, I hope y'all all heard that because that's that's enough said. Listen, tell the people uh, about the, the festival coming up. I know it's coming up next month. Tell them Absolutely. about the lineup, superstar lineup and everything you got going on with it. Yeah, man, the, the festival is on uh, Sunday, uh, July 23rd. We picked a Sunday because we wanted people to go ahead and get the word and get out of church and then get to the festival. Um, it's at the historic uh, First Avenue, which is Prince's Nightclub, where he shot Purple Rain. It's uh, downtown. Uh, Minneapolis. The doors open at uh, four o'clock and we're going to run it till about 10. Obviously, we got Black China coming. Uh, she's going to be talking about her transformation and what all she went through and talking about, you know, her whole life with her OnlyFans and being with the Kardashians and, you know, and how she, you know, how God called her and she transitioned uh, with her implants and tattoos and how she took them out and took the tattoos off and just kind of where she's at. Like she's going to speak to the culture and she's going to speak for real. Um, and then I also invited about 15 other uh, Christian hip hop artists from around the country that's just going to grace the stage and do what they do and do what they've been called to do. You know what I'm saying? We got so many. I mean, there's so many artists that we got. Obviously, we have our artists, you know, which is Sis and Bro, but we also have uh, Angie Rose. We got Mission. We got uh, Range the Artist, man. We got Clifford Gray. I mean, it's, it's the names go on and on as far as, you know, who we have that's a part of this. Portia Love, Scooty Wop, Not Clyde. And I mean, it's just a whole host of artists, man. No, that's what's up. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to it. I know it's going to be a great time listening. Please, uh, you know, uh, get to this event. If you anywhere close, uh, this is worth taking a ride to get to this event. It's going to be a powerful event. Listen, tell the people uh, across how they connect with you, follow you on all your platforms, as well as there. Introduce one of your bangers off your last project. <laughs> Absolutely. Off the last project, man, a song we're uh, excited about is called Fade, and it's featuring my son, Titus. 
uh, we uh, got in the, we locked ourselves in a hotel, man, for about two weeks and just wrote the record and produced the record and put it out. But the song Fade really speaks strong to uh, to the culture. Um, you know, y'all can get at us, man. If you want to get to the festival, you can get your tickets online at GodFlowFest.com. Uh, You'll see the lineup and everything that we're doing uh, in that regard. If you got young men that, that are around the country that you believe need uh, mentorship, um, you know, you can reach out to us at TheManUpClub.org. Uh, which is our website, you know, for that. Um, if you're interested in um, you know, music or what have you, um, Christian hip-hop music, the label is OneWayEntertainment.com. Uh, just use the number one. Um, if you want to get at me on my social media, it's just Hey Cross, but it's H-E-Y-X-R-O-S-S. You know, so those are the places in which you can get me, man. I'm, I'm kind of easy to find, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, no, I wouldn't say you're easy, but but a lot of people just don't know about you. So I'm grateful that you came on and chopped it up with this morning. Listen, we got to go to a break. Uh, we're about to play this banger right now from Crofts. Uh, we'll be right back. Keep it locked. You're tuned into The Fix. You know The Fix is in. Holy Culture Radio is operated by the CoreLink Solution, a 501c ministry dedicated to empowering people to reach their potential. If you feel led to contribute to this mission, visit www.holyculture.net slash donations. Welcome back. Welcome back. DJ Focus, Dice Gamble. You tap back into the fix. Your source for faith-infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry. And it's time to get real in these streets. And uh, yeah, let's talk about it today, Dice. We're going to have a little fun with this conversation. You brought it up last week um, when Mm -hmm. we're talking about uh, locations and vacation destinations that we wanted to go to. And you were like, um, I didn't bring up, uh, you know, going to uh, Rome or Greece uh, where some of the gladiators fought in these uh, Olympic arenas. Uh, back in the day, back in ancient times. And I was like, I think that'd be good to talk about because I think a lot of people don't even understand when you talk about faith in sports and the history of the church. You know, a lot of the church uh, struggled with, uh, you know, understanding the role of games and God's purpose early on. Um, we know Paul constantly talked about it or he used references uh, that we use uh, or metaphors uh, when you talk about sports metaphors, you know, Paul, of course, in First uh, Corinthians always talked about running this race, mm-hmm. um, fighting the good fight. You always heard Paul say these things. And of course, we uh, we use those things in, in, in sports right now. Like, let's be very clear. You, like, you said it uh, yesterday. You were a track star. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. running this good race. Okay. <laughs> it, it means something different to you because you was actually out there like competing like, OK, you yeah, yeah, you, you, right, you left or right of you, you got somebody looking to beat you. So you like what you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, it's very, very different. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was like, you, I know you want to go to the Coliseum, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you brought this up about it being uh, deeply rooted in uh, our Christianity, you know, or, or it, it is a part of Christianity that isn't talked about at all, at all. So Christians definitely were always tortured, you know, and uh, yes. Against, uh, what, whoever uh, to fight for their lives, you know, they've always been demonized. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, nah, but this, uh, fight between slaves because a lot of Christians were slaves, um, back in the day. And they would get thrown mm-hmm. in this ring and, uh, they would have to fight to death. Yes. Literally, literally fighting for their life. Literally. How many of us <laughs> would do that now? <laughs> right. And we know the other part of it, too, as well. A lot of the earlier Olympic games, um, they were dedicated to pagan gods. We know that, mm-hmm. you know, Zeus is always talked about a lot when you talk about ancient history uh, in, in, of the Olympics. Uh, they were pagan gods. So, of course, as believers, 
Um, and did, and did you know too as well? They used to make them fight butt naked dice. Did you know that? Yeah, bucket naked. Is what we bucket naked. Bucket naked. <laughs> That ain't right. So what? For, first of all, you're gonna throw me in the arena with with bears and wolves. I, I don't even know what them creatures was back then. Listen, I'm saying bears and wolves. They probably wasn't even bears and wolves. They probably was little baby dinosaurs. And it's cold outside, as my husband said. Yeah, I mean, I can't even have no no Jesus sandals on or something. Like, come on now, I need some grip now. <laughs> no dignity at all. Yeah, there was a true, a strong belief in uh, pagan gods, and so yes, the idea in the in the three hundreds, you know, that was uh, crazy to be like. What do you mean there is a god? What do you mean uh, Christ is this? Like, what do you mean? Like, so yeah, no, this is it's it's insane. Um, but I I'm not, I can't say that we're not still doing that. Mm. I, you talk about the other day. You were like, "I don't like watching women fight." <laughs> well, no, nah, I'm not a fan of it. I just so I'm old school dice. So I believe in shivery. MMA. Yeah, I'm not like, a fan. No, of it. no, 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 I'm not. No, no, because because I understand these are still ladies, I, and and whether they act that way or not, I just feel like no, I believe in shivery. Like no, if 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 it needs to be a brutal, bloody fight. My, I gotta be dead before my wife even do anything like that. No, no, I'm going outside. She, she ain't gotta worry about nothing. She know I'm gonna go outside and handle it. And and nine times out of ten, she, we at a place now. We didn't got older. She ain't even gonna do that. She gonna be, she gonna be already going to get to, to, that thing. You know what I'm saying? So wh- while you thinking you're doing something to me, she might be coming out and, and getting you off of me real quick with that thing. <laughs> Just be very clear. So, but I, I, I do believe in shivery. So I know it's hard for me. Even you brought up um yesterday. You brought up um uh, when we talked about uh black excellence uh, Juneteenth. Forgive me when we talked about uh, Layla Ali. You brought her up. I'm not a fan of women boxing or MMA. I'm just not. I'm not a fan of just women, like you know, going to brutal battle like that. Like I understand. Don't get it twisted. I got sisters. I got cousins. Yes, absolutely. I understand they had to protect themselves and they had to fight, but it wasn't like they went around starting fights or they wanted to be boxers or. And I think uh, MMA is way grueser gruesome than uh boxing like mma is like this is like a back alley fight let's be very clear like <laughs> this, this is no it's brutal dice you seen it like this is like ribs broken nose broken like what what we doing so like yes i i just don't think women should fight like that i i, I get it that, that's a that's a double standard for you and uh, I'm, I'm gonna let you have it i mean we shouldn't be playing football i mean oh well, yeah. oh yeah don't get me on that don't get me on that. Oh, yeah, you get I, hurt, I, next broke, concussions, yeah, death. No, yeah, seriously. I mean, it's the same. It's the same concept. It's the exact same concept, and you know it. So, like, people get hurt, and we don't see it. People get bones broken, and we don't see it. People get internal bleeding, and we don't see it because they have on these really cute uniforms. <laughs> but it's dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous, and it, I mean, I, I don't want to get on my rant about glorifying God, but would God really want us to beat each other up? No. That's just mm. everybody know that, but we do some things for entertainment, and that's what the Romans did at the Colosseum. They would throw the Christians in the ring and have them fight to the death. Like you said, sometimes against animals, most times against uh, just really bad, amazing fighters who, uh, you know, they had to fight for the death for their life too. So it was like, you know, it was it was just a game, but the value of life definitely changed. Um, in the Christian church, uh, they started to fight uh, against these games. 
So, mm. you know, they have some people who would throw themselves in the ring. They would run out there and drag Christians out. Uh, Telemachus is one of the guys, um, you know, who did that, you know, saying that, um, listen, man, we got to stop this. So some people did risk their life to help those games get shut down. And the games did eventually get shut down. But that's where we got the movie 300 from, too. Yeah, amazing movie too as well. Let's be very amazing movie. Both of them, they they, they got one part one and part two. Please watch both of them. No, no, they they amazing. I love a good movie, Dice. Let's be very clear. I love a good movie. You know, uh, I think the the biggest thing that Christians have always talked about the competition part. Competition has often been one of the most difficult aspects as a Christian understanding sports. You know, how can you love one uh, your neighbor mm-hmm. while blocking a shot? I don't know, but I'm, I'm a show going to do it. Uh, the Stellar Awards uh, basketball game is coming up <laughs> in about three weeks. And I need I need at least two blocks, Dice. I need at least two blocks. I'm glad I'm glad I said that. That just something in my spirit said, yeah, yeah get ready for them blocks. But yes, how, how can you love your neighbor and block their shot? You know what I'm saying? How can you tackle them behind the line of scrimmage mm. and, uh, you know, do these things, but still show love to them? But I think the, 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 the competitive nature of playing the sport is still doing everything in love. So, for instance... I remember back in the day, it, it didn't happen often, but every now and then, especially when we play football, a player would get hurt. You know, like you say, it would be a big hit, maybe a linebacker, maybe a, a tackle was made, and a player would be down for a little bit. And I don't know where it, where it came from, but I promise you, everybody does it across the world. What's the first thing an athlete does when a player's down? Everybody takes a knee. Everybody, I, that's a universal thing that's been happening. I don't even know when that started, Dice, but I know for a fact it doesn't matter what sport it is. Everybody takes a knee, and they're, and they're, and they're praying. They're you know they're making sure that because nobody wanted that player to get hurt. It just was a good play. You know when you talk about the uh, being physical in football or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, you just want to make sure they're okay. So that was something that I saw early. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. This is this is when God can be used in sports. At least for me, because I always prayed anytime a player was down like that. I don't know about my other, uh, you know, uh, teammates, but I was saying a prayer. Lord, please uh, heal him. Please heal her. Mm-hmm. Allow for them to get up right now, Lord Jesus. I don't know what's wrong with them, but allow for them to get up and be able to play and finish the game or at least be able to go and get the help they need at the hospital. I always prayed that prayer for any time there was a tough hit out there when I played sports. So I think that part of it, when you talk about still being able to compete, still be able to have a, a physical sport, but still making sure, you know, you're praying for them because I just believe, you know, uh, the competition is it enhances the play. Uh, and we, t- we, we we know that from the other day. Uh, shouts out to Bear Tag Entertainment Stellars. Uh, for allowing for uh, the Fix Squad to be a part of the uh, second annual celebrity basketball game, we was talking mad trash on that line, Dice. You know that, <laughs> and that's just our competitive spirit. That, like that, that you can't take that from us. Any athlete knows that. Yes, if you really want to be a good athlete, you gotta you gotta talk a little trash and just go with it. I'm glad you talked brought up. Yeah, you're right. It does go with it, and. Um... I'm practicing my trash talk right now. Just so you know, I'm literally researching each and every artist coming up with bars to go against them while we're on the court. This, this will not just be basketball. This will be uh, absolute psychological uh, destruction that will be happening to so, uh, anybody on uh, Dr. Jamal's team. I, there's no disrespect to him. I'm just still a little salty that he ain't picked me. Dice ain't let that go. She's like, you know me. Why you ain't pick me? I'm a little salty. 
hey, you said you practicing your trash talk. I'm, I've been practicing my gritty. I'm, I'm getting my gritty dance on. I'm about, I mean, to, I'm about to get my gritty on. <laughs> nicknames and everything. I'm glad you got your gritty. Uh, you brought up something uh, super important about sports. Um, 43%, this is the AP, have, have reported that coaches, 43% of coaches are of the faith. And I've heard wow. the story a lot of times that a coach, yes, you're in the locker room. You are praying with your team. When somebody does get hurt, you are praying. Even if you're not a believer, like people will just pray. I remember we had a monster Targo on here and he said the same thing. Like, you know, people would allow me to pray with them before we went out, even if they weren't a believer, like respectfully, they never really kick back on that. I think everybody wants to be covered in an extra way when you know you're going to risk your life or you could get hurt. And uh, shout out to all the coaches out here who, you know, have been covering teams. You know, you might have been the only face or piece of God that somebody have seen in their whole life, you know, because their parents let them come and play uh, on their team. So I just want to definitely get that shout out because I was like, man. No, that's, that's good. True. All of my coaches. No, every, every yeah, time. Absolutely. Listen, it's funny because we we said, uh, especially in uh, football, we said the Lord's Prayer. That's funny because even if you didn't understand the Lord's Prayer was just an example, that was an example that we all said in all our locker rooms. Everybody huddled up. Everybody was in the circle. The Lord's Prayer was said by one coach every single time um, we ran out that locker room, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, it didn't matter. So, yeah. Listen, we're talking about it today. We're talking about faith in sports and a little church history. Uh, Keep it locked. We're about to go to a music break real quick. We're coming right back with more you're tuned in to the fix and the fix is in welcome back dj focus dice gamble you tap back into the fix your source for faith infused hip-hop r&b and poetry you know in the middle of this real talk conversation today we're talking about faith in sports and church history when they talk you know when you when, when you talk about faith in sports and i know dice i think we got to talk about this uh the religious nature of uh sports you know i'm not saying that you know sports in itself is a major world religion. That's not what I'm saying, but I think it's a lot of diehard fans that uh when I when I tell you they uh their traditions and, and the things they do. So so I'm right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Everybody know it. Let's be very clear. We have every Sunday for the Brownies, there's a tailgate party that starts at six o'clock in the morning. Every Sunday, every game, whether we're home or whether we're away, it doesn't matter. When football season comes around, religiously <laughs> this thing happens every Sunday it, the the gates and everything open at 6 o'clock in the morning you have people that I never seen I didn't even know people invested in getting sports uh, logos and stuff on their vehicles and vans like this ever for my life I ain't never seen so many uh, uh, Browns this you know even the Pittsburgh Steelers fans come Baltimore Ravens fans come like everybody got their own bus they got their own Suburban they didn't pimped out they own uh, uh, the Astro vans and all this stuff they come back they got fancy grills and stuff on it so it's a tailgate party that goes on from 6 o'clock in the morning mind you the game doesn't even start till 1 o'clock dice so <laughs> you got these people out here Early in the morning, firing their grills up. Yes, you know they are uh, having communion, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Doing what they do religiously every single Sunday. I, I've, I've rolled past that it has not been a Sunday, like I say, whether home or away, that there has not been a tailgate out there during football season. Uh, and, the, and the Muni lot, is, it's at the Muni lot. It is packed. This thing is full of dice. Yeah, you, if you don't get there at a certain time, you can't even get in. 
I'm glad you brought that up. CNBC has uh, some stats on uh, their website about what the average sports fan plans to spend each quarter. And um, Gen Z, ages 18 to 25, uh, $464 a quarter. Millennials, ages 26 to 41, $645. Generation X, ages 42 to 56, $827 per quarter. And the baby boomers ages 57 to 76 spend $641 per quarter in fan gear. Wow. Flags. And fan gear. Blankets, jerseys, t-shirts, shoes, Mm. tickets Mm. per quarter. So is it it a religion? Because I'll be honest with you, I have been over people's homes and they hold home. I mean, before you hit the front door, you see the flag hanging. Flag in the air, like... Don't come in here talking trash about the opposite team. We let you know right now. Let you know right now. Listen, I, 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 I have I have stayed outside at certain people's house because they are they got too much of it. Wait a minute, they got too much of it. You stood on the TikTok where there was this girl. She uh, put the rival team on her husband's birthday cake. That's wrong. He cut that cake and threw that cake across. I was like, that's wrong. Just wanted to show, like, he's not for any. Yeah, that was dirty. But I'm just saying, like, people are diehard. And and here's a list of um, where to go. Some of the diehard fans that we have out here. Because I was like, what in the world? But by city, there's a top twenty list of diehard football, basketball fans. And if you've ever lived in Kentucky, let me let me just tell you right now. I worked at Rupp Arena. I worked at the mm. Titanic exhibit. Wow. They, flip, they would throw couches out the window and flip cars over when UK would win or lose. That's <laughs> I was, wow. I have I had never. Like me and my husband was like, what in the world? And and it just was very normal. It was just like a normal thing. And I was like, wow, this is not, this is not normal at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, here we go. Cleveland Browns, you're in there. Okay. You're number eight on the list. Boston Red Sox, they're number seven of insane fans. University of Alabama, they're number six. San Francisco Giants, number five. UConn basketball fans are number four. Oakland Raiders fans are number three. Toronto Maple Leaf fans are number two. And making number one for the most insane fans and out of control fans is the University of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Known for losing their mind. And this is on the Bleacher Report for those of you who are like, hey, where'd you get that from? You going over there. But yeah, they throw bottles at police. They vandalize cars. Uh, they flip cars over. Um, you know, they march in the street when they win or lose. Like, it, and it is just like they have, there are these nations of people who they just feel like they're connected to the team that deep and they want to prove a point every single time something happens. And I don't know, I, I say it's identity. You know, they, they're just, they need something to identify with in their life. And they're like diehard fans. Some people buy tickets in the same seats for 50 years and they sit in those seats at the at those stadiums. And I, I didn't know that until I moved to Chicago. And please, what? they have been asking me, are you a White Sox fan? Are you a Cubs fan? And I never respond. <laughs> You, you, you have to be careful because they don't play no games with that dice. They don't play no it's games not with a that. Game. No, like the cars are outfitted and everything. And it, 
we, we were having a debate one day. I said, man, well, if I was going to do anything, you know, I would get club stuff to go on the BMW. I'm not going to go get the White Sox because it don't match. But you can't even be playing that game out here. You have to be a fan. This is not you wear something because you like the color. It's You're going to have the answer to this. Like, I have seen heated discussions and debates about what it is and what it ain't. And it's terrifying. Listen, it's the same way for uh, it, it. No, it is terrifying. And when you have these diehard fans, never going to go to that point to where I, 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 not, no, I'm not getting into no. no I, we can have a, a, a great exchange if you are one of them fans. But anytime I sit down with those fans, no, I'm not about to get into a, a arguing match to where we about to go outside and fight over teams we don't own. We ain't getting paid from at all. What are we talking about? So, yeah, we just we on the outside looking in, got to pay. Like you, you brought up a great point. We the ones still got to go to Dick's and, and, and the Foot Lockers and, and these jersey places and buy jerseys and has fan for life lids and buy all this sport. They ain't giving us nothing for free. We, we going to sit up here and fight like for what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no. I, I think it's foolishness, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I can say I don't care for the team and walk away from you, but I ain't got to sit there and. You know, get into these shouting matches and want to put hands on you for no reason. No, no. When I lay, when I lift these hands up, it's because I have to defend myself and my family. Outside of that, I'm I'm walking away. I promise you, I ain't got time for that. Now these <laughs> now here's the deal: you have these crazy fans, but these athletes don't get the luxury. And you do have a few athletes who kick back on these fans, but um, like a, a Russell Westbrook, somebody threw popcorn on him when he was hurt on the way to the locker room before. Uh, you had a fan spit on Trey Young. Um, you had a fan to do uh, a beer um, at in the Denver Nuggets game when they were playing uh, New Orleans. And then, you know, you had Lamar Odom got hit with a vodka bottle before. Like, the athletes have to take a lot of heat from these fans, too. And they can't respond as much. Now, LeBron, you know, he will cuss a fan out. Uh, we know that. Um, but, yeah, people, you know, they're flipping birds at people, you know. Oh, who's the dude that yelled back? Uh, do you play for Boston? No, they were playing in Boston. I can't think of the dude's name. But he was like, I'm tired of these fans treating us a certain type of way. He's like, you know, it's the same energy. You need the same energy. Um, yeah. But, you know, James Harden got flashed by a laser once. I don't know. Like, fans are out of control. They're just absolutely out of control. I don't even know what to do with them. So when you talk about a religion, is are these games like religion? I've made the comment. I think it's borderline slavery. I mean, I think people get paid. and But I think the way that people are uh, chosen, it's sketchy for me. I mean, it's the same way slaves are chosen. Give me the best. I want the strongest. I'm not saying something's wrong with it. I'm just saying it, not much has changed concerning ownership either. So 70%, 75% of the WNBA uh, ladies are African-American. 73% of the NBA players are African-American. Uh, over 60% of players in the NFL are African-American. Uh, and then how many black owners do we have? I don't know. So some of it's sketchy to me, but I don't want to throw that out there uh, too long. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some things that need to be changed, I think. And they're changing, but I think they need to change a little bit faster. And I'll, I'll do Yeah, that. I do. No, I think they need to change a little bit faster. I, I do I do like the I do think there are a lot of good values that you can learn from being an athlete mm-hmm. that that go right with us with our spiritual beliefs and our faith. Mm-hmm. When you talk about we brought we brought up uh, running this race like 
that's something uh, uh, sports taught me. Sports taught me not to give up, not to be a quitter. Usually in sports, you you develop that, uh, uh, you know, win mentality. Just be very clear. You want to win. Like, yeah, you know, back in our day, I know they've given them out of, now. They're giving out awards to everybody nowadays, but absolutely. Yeah, back in our day, it was only the first place award. It wasn't no second place, third place, and yeah, yeah even, uh, you know, uh, fourth and fifth and sixth. No, no, no. You, it was one trophy. And if you didn't win that trophy, you were inspired to get back in shape. You were motivated to work on your game on the offseason. So you came back the next year and you were better and you prepared. So I, I just think about how our relationship is with God. Let's be very clear. We're constantly working to get better with our relationship with God each and every day when we pick this cross up. There's things we struggle at. There's things that we need God's power to help us to overcome. So it's no different than how you work out as an athlete and getting your body in shape, conditioning, getting them jump shots up, throwing uh, the touchdown passes. It's the same thing with our spiritual walk. We have to continue to grow in the Bible, in God's word and everything. Yeah, you're right. And uh, at headtail.com, they have an article. It's called 10 Similarities Between Sports and Religion. And like you said, uh, each like in, in Christianity and on the team, everybody is thinking the same way, you know. Um, then you have where they're deeply in their community or connected to their community or charity, just like you know Christianity is. Faith is usually or uh, sports are usually supported by uh, a community. Um, it's one team. That's the mindset. Um, both have types of disciplines that you have to do, you know, daily, weekly, you know, some type of ritual that keeps you in the correct mindset. Um, both have like a, a book, a playbook, you know, so Christianity has a Bible and every sport has some type of playbook. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, it, trust me, they are a, a lot of like sports and they can teach you disciplines kind of in the same way, um, kind of the same way. So anywho. I that's good bringing that up yeah no that's good dj focus dice gamble we're going to break we're coming back keep it locked with our closing thoughts you're tuned into the fix and the fix is in welcome back dj focus dice gamble you tap back into the fix your source of faith infused hip-hop r&b and poetry we appreciate y'all rocking with us again today uh, i promise you oh these conversations we be having on these real talk conversations dice i promise you they they get better and better. I promise you, it was just something fun. I know we usually always so deep, so just to talk about faith and sports, and uh, yeah, you know, because you know, you'd be over there with that Bible, you know, you gonna throw that not Bible me. at them. So not yeah, me. No. yeah, so yeah, faith I'm, and sports convo today was was a fun one. Yeah, it's wonderful. Listen, I'm excited. I, I just think sports are a great way to experience faith, and I'm glad we had the talk because it was a revelation for me too like shout out to all the coaches who are praying with your teams you're praying before the actual games you know you're praying praying during the games and um just the statistic like of how many coaches are of the faith you know where they actually put that in their playbook like it's just it's exciting to see you know especially for someone who might not know god it's nice to know that these coaches are out here trying to cover them, you know, while they're playing uh, on the field. So I enjoyed that. I loved it. I loved it. And I want to visit the Coliseum even more now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I've always wanted to visit it, but just to know, like, no, people really were losing their life up in here, you know, like, for the cause, you know, for the cause. Um, so I think it'd be life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it will be life-changing too as well. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, one thing I, I did take away from the sportsmanship 
mm-hmm. think it's okay to be a competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing wrong with being competitive because yeah, if you're an athlete, that's that's a part of the game. Like everybody's right. striving to be the best athlete on the field, on the court. It doesn't matter where you're at. But I think the sportsmanship, if nothing else, if you guys are listeners, if you can get in nothing else today, have good sportsmanship. It's okay to talk trash because uh, we're getting ready to talk a lot of trash. Let's be very clear next month. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> win or lose, we're going to have good sportsmanship. I, I used to always hate the sore losers oh, yeah. that uh, when we played some of our rival schools and stuff like that mm. uh, when I was in high school. Yeah, they, they were some of them. We had some that was like sore losers. They wouldn't even walk. You know, you walk down the line and shake everybody's yeah, hand. Shake your hand. As soon as the game over, they walk right to the locker room. Yeah. As if, yeah, you, you know it's a hurt. whole line. It's a whole everything. <laughs> That's all right. That's a that's a good thing about sportsmanship. You come back the next game and you, you yeah you could probably win the next one. I promise you. It was something that we lost, but we came back, and uh, that's why I was so grateful to you know play uh, like I say uh, you know on different sports teams. Mm-hmm. It, it was a blessing because yes, that taught me sportsmanship was a, a huge part mm-hmm. of, uh, of and I, and I feel like that's how God's love is too as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it's a lot of things that we can take from it that we can apply to our faith when you talk about what sportsmanship is. So yeah, that was part. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, listen, man, let's talk about this God flow. Come on, talk about it. Cross. This, this, come on. This, come on down. This hip hop and hope festival is about to be off the chain. Uh, like you said, uh, it's hosted by Sister and Lil Bro. Special guest is Angela. Black China White, and this is going down Sunday, July the twenty third, First Avenue, Minneapolis. Minnesota and the doors open at 4 p.m. Show starts at 4 30 p.m. But their lineup though, focus Scooty Wop, Scooty Wop is in the building. Portia Love, Mike Teasy, Angie Rose, Mission, George Rose, Zay Hill, Young C, Clipper Gray, Pharrell, Range the Artists, True Serva, Cord, Abraham Westland. I forgot. And Priest is in the building. This is about to be crazy. Um, and DJ Mowski. So, for those of you who are uh, trying to travel, listen, hopefully you bought your tickets. They're available, but I don't know how much longer they're going to be available. So uh, this is going to be wild. I would say take as many people as you can. It's going to be a wonderful day to hang out with your friends and your family and just really turn all the way up for God and have some fun and meet some new people. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, this lineup, is, this lineup is wild. And, and it's presented by the Man Up Club, which we know that, uh, you know, Cross is the CEO of. And he's also Cross. the CEO of uh, God Flow Hip Hop and Hope Festival. Come on now. Uh, I, I definitely uh, appreciate him talking about the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that he shared uh, in the in the, uh, interview that he talked about was just the journey of where God had him from mm-hmm. leaving the streets to him submitting to that calling. And, and in the midst of that, listen, he found his wife in the midst of that. I was like, wow. Oh, Look at God. Show you what God to do. God won't he really? you a, a, won't Yeah, he won't, he, won't, won't he do it? <laughs> so, yeah, that was a, that was very important uh, for him to share that. We talk about street ministry all the time on the show. So when you can mm-hmm. hear real life stories of, no, I was in them streets for real. But yeah. no, God changed me. The spirit of God wooed me to, uh, you know, get my life in order. And uh, he went in a new direction and he inspired his kids where all all of his kids became Christian hip hop artists, too, as well. So come on. Mm. Come on. You tell me uh, men in the household don't mean something no more. I keep telling y'all we we need y'all black men to be in the household. We mean everything. Yes, please Mm. be in the households. So, uh, yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, definitely uh, buy them tickets before they sell out for the festival. Because I promise you, uh, if it's not already sold out, it, it's going to sell out. Because that's a lineup that everybody wants to see. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, we got to get out of here. So uh, we're going to see y'all tomorrow. Yeah. Tap in with us for Thirsty Thursday. I promise you, we have an iconic 
R&B legend joining us tomorrow. I'm going to just say that. You say I'm this just, every week. <laughs> Go ahead. It, it, it's the truth. It's the I mean, truth. what you want to tell you? I mean, you know, this sister, you know, been putting it down for a long time. So I'm going to just say she's an iconic R&B <laughs> legend and she's going to come. And then when I tell you, y- y'all might not be ready because uh, I promise ready. you. They are gonna, not ready. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's going to preachy preach. So, uh, yeah, get mm-hmm. ready. Uh, for uh, that exclusive spiritual detox for tomorrow. Tap in with us. And of course, uh, of course, we're going to have another Real Talk conversation. Uh, as always, remember to stay focused on turning your negative into a positive. Jesus Christ is always the answer. Kingdom advancement should always be the goal. The fix is in. We out. Peace, y'all.